All right, so a lot just happened. Week 15 is over, but we must unpack it. So let's discuss the important takeaways that you need to know from week 15. And we can start in the Kansas City backfield where it was similar usage to last week. It started with Isaiah Pacheco last week seeing the most carries. That's what he did this week. He continues to produce 15 touches on the ground, 16 total touches, 97 yards. He now has 80 or more touches in six straight games. And let's give this guy some credit. Seventh round rookie, a lot of talent, beat out Clyde Edwards Lair middle of the season. This is great. And he's been ultra productive the last six games very quietly 91 and a half yards per game 5.4 yards per touch is top 20 in the nfl and 17 touches per game now the reason we have to call it out is because of what his backfield running mate has done the past two weeks and that would be Jarek mckinnon who continues to lead the backfield in snaps playing 62 percent of the snaps this past week his second most on the season and as pro football focus notes right here the blue little dot right here is Jarek mckinnon he saw all four goal line snaps which is a new development so his role is even increasing and getting even better and if you've been watching football the last two weeks you know he's going off but did you you know that he's the number one running back scorer in fantasy football and overall production the last two weeks absolutely dominating and this veteran saw similar usage last year in the fantasy playoffs they trusted his versatility his burst his explosiveness his ability in the passing game over Clyde Edwards Lair that's happening again now just a little bit earlier now moving forward for fantasy they have a great matchup against the Seahawks next week both running backs are going to likely be starts especially McKinnon after what he's done in the role he's taken on all right so we slide from a backfield now to a quarterback who just made his first NFL start this past week and this takeaway has to do with Desmond Ritter now in this game Ritter as you would probably expect from a rookie who didn't get that much pub in the draft process wasn't great 26 attempts just 97 yards 3.7 yards per attempt is absolutely abysmal but the one thing Ritter did right for us he targeted the top 10 pick wide receiver Drake London 44 percent of the time and this led to Drake London having a good game which is not something he's had over the past few months seven catches on 11 targets for 70 yards is great to see and this was in a really bad a stone cold brutal performance for Ritter it can only get better and London now has 23 targets the last couple of games very very quietly somebody you can feel pretty confident about especially heading into next year but right now to close out this year more volume to come all right this next takeaway resides in the Panthers backfield it's been interesting all season long you know it started off with Christian McCaffrey and he ended up leaving in week seven and these are the snap counts from week seven it was Deonta Foreman playing the most snaps for more than Chuba Hubbard but you must break this down Hubbard was playing over 70 percent of the snaps until getting injured in this game and on those snaps he had 11 carries in the first half over 70 total yards a touchdown he was producing he was looking like the guy based on the usage they were giving him they wanted him to be that guy but due to that lower body ankle injury Hubbard ended up missing the next two games which allowed Foreman to kind of cement his role for the short term as the dude in week eight Foreman popped off against the Atlanta Falcons that crazy game that ended up going to overtime three touchdowns in week nine though not so much in a game where they end up losing and get blown out which is a common trend this year Foreman doesn't produce doesn't see all that much touches now over those two weeks Chuba Hubbard is rehabbing in the background and then he returns in week 10 and here's what happens he's limited to 17 percent of the snaps the following week limited to 35 percent of the snaps just four touches for Hubbard but during this time rumors are starting to percolate that Hubbard is going to start to take over the backfield after the bye last week he saw 17 touches now this past week he took over the backfield playing 29 of 46 snaps over 60 percent of the snaps was a season high by far the most a running back not named Christian McCaffrey has played in this backfield this year and it led to 67 yards on just seven touches I mean he's been really dynamic explosive per touch he was the guy that they wanted to be the RB1 in week seven and now that he's healthy he's finally becoming that dude now another interesting 
running backfield is the backfield in Buffalo, where there's not only two running backs who have been involved, but a third, Naeem Himes, who was acquired earlier this season. But in Saturday's game, we kind of saw this just become a two-man backfield. These are the snap counts. Naeem Himes just played three snaps. You might have saw him find the end zone, but he did it on just three snaps. Not consistent at all. So this two-man backfield, for the most part, consisted of Devin Singletary seeing 60% of the snaps and James Cook 36%, which is still strong for James Cook, a guy who earlier in the year, this second-round rookie, was only playing like 15% of the snaps. And the common trends of how productive he's been have continued. He scored 12 points and just seven touches, averaged about five and a half yards per touch. The common trends for Devin Singletary not being efficient also continued, goes for just four yards per touch on 16 touches. Eventually, this is going to have to change. Being a veteran can only go so far when you're not being productive, Mr. Devin Singletary. You're not being dynamic, especially on passing downs, and there's a much better player behind you. Now, according to Pro Football Focus, Singletary was still seeing all the goal line usage, which we would expect, but he split right here. You can see Singletary light blue, James Cook dark blue. He split the two-minute drill offense with James Cook, which is something that's new and developing, meaning that they're trusting James Cook more in crucial situations like the two-minute drill. And I mean, once this guy starts to get unleashed, it's just game over. Hopefully it happens next week because he's sixth in yards per touch this year amongst every single running back. I mean, this is like Austin Eckler level efficiency. And now here's a key point. The Bills face the Bears next, who rank 32nd in run defense, and the Bills are going to be double-digit favorites. If they start to get a lead, James Cooks is going to see a lot of good usage in a great matchup. So, continue to play him in fantasy. Now, a takeaway we must talk about is Jonathan Taylor getting injured and leaving the game in a walking boot, and the most recent reports is they think it's a high ankle sprain, probably will not play again this year, so what does that leave us with? Well, it leaves us with this backfield developing on Saturday between Zach Moss and Deion Jackson, and Zach Moss in this game saw 24 carries, but we we all know what Zach Moss is. He's a plotter. He's a bigger back, nearly 230 pounds. He doesn't really do too much after contact. And there's a really good chance Zach Moss was only seeing a lot of work, those 24 carries for just 80 yards, pretty inefficient, because the Colts were up 30 to nothing. It was a blowout, so why not? The guy who's actually a better running back is Deion Jackson. He scored more fantasy points on less touches and started seeing more touches when the game and the Vikings started to get closer. And let me remind you, Deion Jackson earlier this year, when he got a start for the injured Jonathan Taylor and also Naeem Himes was out that game, well, he was the number one overall fantasy RB. Now, that was with a different coaching staff. Jeff Saturday might just say, hey, you know what? Jack Moss is the bigger running back. He's a bruiser. He's an old school guy. Let's just give him the ball. So maybe that ends up happening. We hope it doesn't. But we have to at least be aware of something like that occurring with a guy like Jeff Saturday, a former offensive lineman. The reason why he's there is because he wanted to run the ball more with Jonathan Taylor, right? It could happen. Another piece of this puzzle is Jordan Wilkins, who's on the practice squad. If he gets activated, it's going to be a messy three at a backfield. If he doesn't, I honestly think that a guy like Deion Jackson is probably worth watching. Okay, so we move from one messy AFC backfield in Indianapolis to another in Baltimore. And this backfield, you know the names in here, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, these are some strong names. But, well, what happened this past week? For starters, Kenyon Drake was a healthy scratch, meaning they just didn't want to play him out there. So you would think this means great news, great news for Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins, right? Well, in terms of usage, you'd be wrong. J.K. Dobbins plays 24 of 63 snaps, which was actually 38%, less than he played last week. And Gus Edwards plays just 11 snaps as it was justice hill who ended up playing 38 so it's still a three-headed right it's messy here still a three-headed backfield that is disgusting but the dangerous part is that jk dobbins continues to produce on just 13 carries he ends up going for 125 yards tops 120 yards in back-to-back -back weeks he's averaging nine yards per carry the last two games that is not going to be something that can continue because dobbins only averages four and a half yards per carry this year the best running backs in the nfl are averaging around five yards per carry so this is going to come back down to earth and if his snaps and touches don't increase it's not 
not going to be good so the takeaways yeah we can bask in the short-term efficiency of Dobbins but without any passing game role just seven targets on the season in six games and without any increased snaps it's not great for a player who's still not 100 healthy now before we get to this next takeaway that is honestly pretty surprising to me i want to let you know about the sponsor of the program pricepicks.com pricepicks is simply a site where you just take them more or less on a player's statistics for example you can select van jefferson's receiving yards alan lazard's receiving yards and then you can choose hey yeah i want the under on van jefferson with his quarterback situations alan lazard let's take the over tonight as their favorites and they'll be throwing a lot you then can combine those two or up to six player statistics you put in five bucks and you can end up winning some money and this holiday season prize picks is offering a free bet up to 100 bucks you put in 20 you get 20 back you put in 100 you get 100 back when you use the code sal sal 22 there's a link in the description below to learn more so these are a couple of messy backfields now let's talk about another takeaway we must must talk about the houston backfield this houston backfield consists of dorey ogombawale rex Burkin, and even a newcomer although a veteran that we know the name royce freeman and these names are involved because damian pierce was placed on ir earlier this week and eno benjamin a player that they added just a couple weeks ago was waived by the texans so this led to a week where these three veterans split the backfield it was dorey ogombawale playing the most snaps at 27 of 63 but it was royce freeman playing 38 percent of the snaps and seeing the most usage 11 carries he had a reception he ends up seeing about six and a half fantasy points that's not all that great now the takeaway here is that this is a disgusting backfield if you had to be excited about one of these players it would be royce freeman because he's still believe it or not he's not 30 he's actually just 26 years old he's an athlete he has solid size and he just saw the usage the most touches in this backfield last week but the biggest concern is that moving forward next week he's going to be facing a top three run defense in tennessee that is absolutely dynamite against the run not a spot you really want to be targeting but a backfield worth targeting in a really good matchup is going to be tampa bay it's been a headache these past couple of weeks with is rashad white going to take over the backfield he's starting to play some more snaps but leonard fournette still seeing the passing down roll well what happened this past week it completely flipped back to being the leonard fournette show he played the most snaps here seeing over 70 percent of the snaps he ended up seeing the most touches the most targets the most receptions out of this backfield but one thing worth mentioning as you can see the split here it was leonard fournette he's in light blue rashad white is in green he saw the goal line carry still he saw all the two minute drill offense which has been kind of common but the third down usage six out of seven third down and long snaps it was rashad white out there which is something that is new and developing and it's going to hurt Fournette. the overall takeaway is that this backfield is still split it seems like they want to hold on to giving Fournette the reins a little bit more the guy they trust they're both inefficient backs but they do have a great matchup next week both rbs have to be in play as flex options as they face a number 28 run defense of arizona it's going to be a nice spot for tampa bay who can maybe finally get a win in a matchup where they they might be favored now let's stay on tampa bay for a second because this past week julio jones ended up missing which allowed russell gage to be the wide receiver three and see more usage now gage has had a crazy up and down season that has been highs at the beginning of the year with lows of injury in the middle of the year and now we're towards the end of the year you remember in week three against the packers no chris goblin no mike evans they get injured in the game where they don't even play 13 targets he was the guy for tom brady popped off but then he doesn't top eight points until after his week's Seven injury he then returned from injury these past two weeks against new orleans and san francisco but was limited 27 percent of the snaps 29 percent of the snaps splitting a role with julio jones but now julio was out and this led to yet again another great game 12 targets for russell gage he started to take away the running backs targets in the short area of the field where tom brady trusted him a little bit more here on a pretty solid 67% of the snaps. And if Julio Jones is going to continue to miss, you might be able to rely on this because Tampa Bay leads the league this year with 44.6 attempts per game. In the last three games, they're throwing 51 times per game. 
So Russell Gage, a player who was a, a sexy fantasy option earlier in the year, became less sexy when Julio Jones signed there. Now Julio, probably not going to play this week. He becomes at least viable. And speaking of viable, we got to talk about Trevor Lawrence, who's been more than viable. Yet again, this past week, he pops off. He finishes as a top five quarterback, a 300 plus yard game, four touchdowns. He's now had 300 yards and three or more touchdowns in three of his last four games. And as my tweet references here, he is now sixth on the season in fantasy points after being drafted as the quarterback 19 before the season started. This is the definition of a league winner people now it's a pretty interesting spot for him he, he does have a difficult matchup against his Jets secondary but if he can get by that he has the Texans and the Titans or two of the worst secondaries in the NFL arguably the two worst secondaries in the NFL for him heading into your fantasy championship weeks that is a great spot if he can get by this week now that's a dude who's been a stud at the quarterback position let's talk about a dude who's been a stud at the running back position although we didn't know if we can trust him this week and that's Ramondre Stevenson the Patriots running back because the reports this week were early on yeah he's probably not going to play and then it was like you know what actually he has a good chance to play but it's an ankle injury for a bigger running back who's dynamic it could be kind of sketchy and then the game starts and it's rookie kevin harris starting the game and it's like oh man why did we start Ramondre? but Ramondre quickly took the reins in this one playing over 65 percent of the snaps there was no damian harris and he ended up producing i mean this guy popped off 170 yards 20 total touches yet again this is going to be a first round pick in the 2023 fantasy season and up next is a bengals team on christmas eve that ranks bottom 10 and run defense so the whole point here is that even if he's limited this week even if he's questionable again he just proved that he's a strong mf effort and he'll be good to go so these are the biggest takeaways but who are the guys that you want to add to win your fantasy championship and or avoid the losers bracket and having to go to the waffle house challenge well i'm glad you asked because there'll be a video popping up right here that releases later today that will help you with exactly that question